Well, if you missed last week, what we're doing is we're going through several different messages, looking at some of the attributes of God from the perspective of a child. And the reason we're doing this is because Jesus said something very important whenever some parents were bringing uh, their children to them, to him. And these parents wanted Jesus to pray for their kids or just to touch them and lay his hands on them. And the disciples in Mark 10 weren't having anything to do with that. And they were saying, no, no, no. Keep your kids away from Jesus. He's way too important for that. And Jesus didn't like that. And he said, no. And he called them on it. And he said, let the little children come to me. And he said something really, really significant in verse 15 of Mark 10. And here's what he said. I tell you the truth. Do you hear what he says there? I tell you the truth. This is not something that we should just gloss over. I tell you the truth. What I'm telling you is really so. And this is virtually coming from the heart of our creator. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And Jesus was teaching us that, yes, we can be intellectual and yes, we can be mature, but we should at the same time believe in God, accept his kingdom with the innocence and the faith of a little child. And so the attribute that I want us to look at today is the presence of God from the perspective of a little child. I want us to look at the presence of God from the perspective of a child. Now, the theological term that you would use if you were in seminary or a Bible class is the word omnipresence everywhere. And what it means is that God is everywhere. He's here, he's there, he's around the world, but a little child would personalize it. And it wouldn't be just he's omnipresent. The way a little child would say it, he wouldn't say God is everywhere, but he would say the truth. My God is with me. I want to say that together out loud. My God is with me. Now turn to someone nearby and tell them, my God is with me. Okay. Uh, he's not just everywhere, you see. He's actually big enough to be very personal. Uh, God's with me and his presence is really important. Stop and think about it. Presence really matters to a little child. Can you remember when you were a little kid and your parents left you alone for a while and then the house creaked and all of a sudden you were freaking out? But if an adult had been in the house with you, it'd just been a creaking house, wouldn't it? 
Do you see the difference presence makes? Presence makes a difference to children. Uh, a little kid isn't going to just say, my God is everywhere, but my God is actually with me. And that makes all the difference in the world. Isaiah 41.10, I love this promise of God. And this is what God says. So do not fear. Don't be afraid because or for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Do not fear, God says, I am with you. I shared a bit uh, last week about how one time when we were living in Jacksonville, it was cold, cold winter time. Sharon and I had gone to a meeting and we were coming back in the front door and it just went kind of crazy because as I was putting the key in the front door and opening it, I heard somebody inside scream, ah, he's at the front door, he's coming in, he's coming in. And I opened the door and kids are just running. We had four kids. Uh, Joel, I guess, was about 16, 17. Uh, he was there and he was coming toward us with a BB gun in his hand, holding it by the barrel as a club. And, uh, but, but, but well, that, well, the thing is, everybody runs to the back and then somebody said, hey, there's a man, a man trying to get in the house, trying to get in the house, there's a man, where'd he go, where is he, he's in the backyard. So I ran out in the backyard and I couldn't see anything anywhere. It was just pitch black. One of those nights where I just run out there and the light was behind me. If anybody was out there, they could see me, but I couldn't see them. And so I turned around to uh, uh, try to uh, get them to come to the front door to the to, to turn on the light. So I knocked on the woods. Ah, he's in the back one. And they all ran in the other house. So I run. I, I go down to the other end of the house. I knock on the back window in the house back back there. And they, ah, and they all. I couldn't get anybody to turn on the lights. I wanted to get clubbed in the head or something. But anyway, finally got back in the house and we sorted the story out. Aaron and the rest of the girls had been back in the back of the house in the bedroom. Aaron was brushing her hair and all of a sudden she felt cold air coming in behind her and she turned around and she looked at the window and there was some, a man had raised the window. He had black, long hair, a long scraggly beard and he was starting to come in through the window. Well, Aaron did the right thing. She screamed bloody murder and he backed out of the window and took off. And just at that time is whenever I started coming through the front door as they were all running from him. And so we got it all sorted out. But that night, the girls were stayed in bed with, with Sharon or Sharon got in bed with them. And uh, Amy was so scared. Mary's two years younger than Amy. They were both in a, a private school, a Christian day school. And Mary was comforting Amy, who was so fearful that night. And she kept petting Amy and saying, Amy, fear not, I am with thee. 
Isaiah 41.10. Amy, fear not, I am with thee. Isaiah 41.10. And so here we see a little child who God's presence really made a difference in her life. And here she was encouraging her big sister, letting him know that God was with her. Well, this is something, this idea of God being with us is so important. And it's through the Bible, we see a, 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 a deeper revelation of this and a change of how God is with us. Uh, in the Old Testament, God would say, I am with you. And his presence was with the children of Israel as they went through the desert. He was with them. He helped them win battles. He guided them. He directed them. He was with Abraham. And then we see Jacob. Whenever Jacob had uh, was fleeing from Esau and he was out in the middle of desolation in the desert and it was late at night. And back then, people believed that their gods were with them where their family was and their community was. But demons and devils were out in the desert where God was not. And Jacob fell asleep, lonely, scared, and he has this dream or this vision of a ladder and angels descending, descending and ascending on this ladder. And when he woke up, he said, God was in this place and I didn't even know it. And you know, I think a lot of people are living their lives like that. God is with them and they don't even know it. But uh, it goes on and whenever Jesus uh, comes along, uh, we see in the Christmas story that he is called Emmanuel. God is with us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was right here with us in person. And then we see that later on he tells them, I'm going to have to go away, but this is important and it's a good thing because I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And he won't be just with you. He will be in you. So no matter where you are, God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And you know, when you can go back to the faith of a little child and believe my God is with me and internalize it. It changes everything. And my prayer for you today is that if you don't know his presence in your life, that you will start acknowledging his presence with you in a very real way. As a child would tell you, uh, when somebody's with you, you talk to them, don't you? You talk to people if they're with you. And uh, so that's the first thing that I think that we need to see is that if God is with you, you should talk to him. Prayer does matter. Now, but I don't want to use the word prayer. I want to say talk to him because there are so many people that uh, are actually terrified of the word prayer. You know, my, my grandfather on my mom's side was one of the most Christian, 
wonderful men you ever knew. He built churches for people out of his pocket. I mean, he built his mother-in-law a Presbyterian church and Big Daddy was Methodist. But his mother-in-law wanted a Presbyterian church, so he built her one. I mean, he was this most generous person you ever saw, and God blessed his generosity. Well, uh, he did a lot for the church that he attended, but he would not pray out loud in public. But because he did so much, all the preachers just knew that he was a leader in the church. I mean, you'll find his name on the board of directors of the, the main Methodist hospital building downtown, where he was on the board of trustees of the hospital. But he was just everywhere. He was doing everything. Lay delegate to annual conference, all this sort of stuff. He was always involved. And so new preachers, they would always think they could call on Mr. Lindley to pray. And so whenever they would say, Mr. Lindley, would you lead us in prayer? He'd just bow his head and poke my grandmother and say, honey. And that was her cue to pray because he just could not pray out loud in public. It just terrified him. He'd do anything in the world for you, but don't ask him to pray out loud in public. Now, Mimi, my grandmother, she was a preacher's kid, one of like seven or 11. I can't even remember how many uh, brothers and think she had. I think there were 11 in the family. But uh, anyway, she grew up knowing how to pray. So she would pray, but then she would pray angry. <laughs> She'd be so mad at my uh, uh, grandfather because he did that to her in church and put her on the spot like that, that she would pray, but she'd be upset with him, uh, even though she went ahead and did it. So prayer, I'm not going to use that word. I'm going to use the word talk, talk to God. So many people have these connotations of prayer that keep them from communicating with God. And so uh, just remember, he's there and he wants you to talk with him. I could go through all these different things about that, but I've, there's a story that pretty well explains it all. And I think it covers everything I want to cover really this morning. There's a man's daughter who had asked her, the local pastor, to come and pray for her father. And when the pastor arrived, he found the man lying in bed with his head propped up on two pillows. And there was an empty chair beside his bed. And the pastor assumed that the old fellow had been informed that he was coming. And uh, he said, well, I guess you were expecting me. And the old man said, no, who are you? And so I'm the new associate pastor at your local church. And when I saw the empty chair, I just figured you knew I was going to show up. Oh, yeah, the chair, the bedridden man said. Would you mind closing the door? And so the pastor closed the door and he said, I've never told anyone this, not even my daughter, but all of my life, I have never known how to pray. At church, I used to hear the pastor talk about prayer, but it always went right over my head. I abandoned any attempt at prayer, the old man continued. 
Until one day about four years ago, my best friend said to me, Joe, prayer is just a simple matter of having a conversation with Jesus. Here's what I suggest. Sit down on a chair and place an empty chair in front of you and in faith see Jesus in that chair. It's not spooky because he promised, I'll be with you always. Then just speak to him and listen in the same way you're doing with me right now. So I tried it and I liked it. And I liked it so much that I do it a couple of hours every day. I'm careful though. If my daughter saw me talking to an empty chair, she'd have a nervous breakdown or send me off to the funny farm. The pastor was deeply moved by the story and encouraged the old guy to continue on the journey that he was on. Then he prayed with him and he returned to the church. Two nights later, the daughter called to tell the pastor that her daddy had died and, uh, that afternoon. And the pastor asked, well, did he, did he die in peace? And she said, yes. When I left the house around two o'clock, he called me over to his bedside, told me one of his corny jokes, and kissed me on the cheek. When I got back from the store an hour later, I found him dead. But there was something strange, in fact, beyond strange, kind of weird. Apparently, just before Daddy died, he leaned over and rested his head on a chair beside the bed. This man had learned to acknowledge the presence of God with him. And it's that simple. Just to give you just a few points here, recognize his presence. That's the first thing that you must do. Understand he is with you. And then as we've gone over here, talk to him. And I would say talk out loud. It just makes a difference. It seems like I have gotten some almost startling results to prayer whenever I just was carrying on a conversation with him and maybe complained to him out loud. And he just kind of smiled and let me know through circumstances in my life immediately that he was listening. So talk to him and then listen to him. Listen. Just be still and know that he is God and he is with you, acknowledging his presence and listen to him. And as you listen, many times you will sense his presence. Just come right there where you are and his presence will speak to you. It may not be an audible voice, but you know Whenever his presence comes, it brings forgiveness. It brings peace. It brings answers to questions that you have been wrestling with and questioning God about for years. He will just very peacefully just give you the answer in your heart. He will give you comfort. He will give you purpose. And he will give you hope. All those things are found in his presence as you sit or as you kneel 
or whatever position you are in before him, talking to him and then waiting and listening and then enjoy his presence. His presence is a delight. And so I encourage you, if you haven't taken time to just be still and know that he is God and acknowledge he is with you, spoken to him and listened to him, I encourage you to try it this week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.